This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. Uh, always excited to see you, John. Always excited to talk with you and catch up. How are you doing? How's your week been? Hey, Jalen, it's good to be with you too. And uh, my week has been pretty good. You know, I, this week has been, you know, not too busy, but not too relaxed either. Um, I think one of the reasons for that is that I am preaching for the first time in our Cantonese congregation um, this Sunday. And so, you know, with that, I think on the one hand, I am going to use a message that I've given before in our English congregation. Um, and so a lot of the prep work for it has already been done, but I think it's a different level or different set of preparation um, to preach in a congregation that you're not as familiar with. And so for me, I think some of the, um, yeah, just some of a, a bit of my week has been spent really thinking about um, how to make this message that I've given already once, actually given already twice before in two different settings, and then now adjusting it for our Cantonese congregation. And so, so part of that actually has been listening to a little bit more preaching in Cantonese um, just this week. So I'm trying to get back into that mentality because I remember like when I got home from a, a trip to Hong Kong, I, I felt like, you know, I could make the language switch easily and, and I'm not preaching in Cantonese, yeah. but to even understand, I think some of the culture yeah. and, you know, kind of just getting myself into that mindset. Um, it was easier to do when I was recently off of a plane coming back from Hong Kong, but having not been there in quite some time now, yeah, it just has required me to be on YouTube listening to some sermons and things like that. Yeah, I think that's, that's so interesting. That that's, that's, you're absolutely right. Like we have to, you have to be a lot more thoughtful when you're preaching to a different language group, right? And, and even though you speak Cantonese, like, because you're preaching in English, like there's still, there's some, there's, there, there's, there, there's things that you need to adjust. Right. I, I, I think of like idioms that we use in English that would not translate well, right. You have to be mm -hmm. thoughtful about, you know, using those or not using those and, and just like turns of phrases and, and just sort of like, even like humor or jokes, if you include that, like all of that has to be adjusted to your audience. So mm -hmm. yeah, good on you for thinking, for exegeting your, your congregation and, and your audience <laughs> and knowing how to uh to appropriately communicate with them that's great yeah trying to at least yeah. so but it's been good I'm, I'm excited i am excited to go um preach in our Cantonese congregation and, and i think just in general for me this season of ministry one of the things that god has really put on my heart is is to say yes to preaching opportunities more than i did um when i was a youth pastor because I, I tended back then to um to decline or, or just because I was so busy with youth group to, to say, you know, I don't know if I could, I don't know if I have the margin 
to take on additional preaching responsibilities. But, but here, I really feel like this is the season where God wants me to do that. So I guess the Cantonese congregation is one of those places. And I don't know, maybe someday, Jalen, this, this is the dream that we would be able to preach in our parents' mother tongue. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I don't know. It, that would be their that. dream. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's my dream too, actually. But yeah, I would love it, to do that. When I say dream, I really mean it would have to be a dreamland for that to be a reality. So, but how about you? How, how's your week been? What have you been up to? Yeah, it's been a busy week as well. Um, one thing that I got to do was, uh, so our kids go to a, a Christian school, uh, not too far actually from where our church building is located. And so it's super convenient for us. But uh, because it's a Christian school, they have chapels a couple times a week. And one thing that they've been doing this year, they've been handing out or giving out what they call Daniel and Esther awards. So uh, a boy will receive a Daniel award, a girl will receive the Esther award. And sort of the theme for their year has been uh, be respectful, be responsible, and be courageous. And so use those characters from scripture, Daniel and Esther, to kind of uh, embody those characteristics and traits. And so, um, you know, every month, uh, teachers will submit one student from their class who they feel has embodied that sort of theme that be respectful, be responsible and be courageous. And so because my wife works at the school, she was informed that one of our children was going to be a recipient of the Daniel and Esther award. And so she, of course, told me. And so, um, you know, I jumped on the YouTube you know, channel for our, our Christian school and was able to watch the chapel. And uh, our daughter received the Esther Award for uh, kindergarten for the month of January. And so super proud and super happy. Also, another girl from our, from our church was a recipient for the first grade. So I was really excited that there were two representatives from our <laughs> church that were receiving the Esther Award. But um, yeah, I'm, I, it was, it was, uh, it was exciting to see. I was just as a as a parent, super proud. And you know, I a funny story. Um, I was I was kind of, uh, you know, bragging about this to the other pastor in our church, and he asked me, "Well, how did your other kids respond when your daughter received the award?" And so I said, well, I went home and I gave my daughter a big hug. And I was like, congratulations. So proud of you. That's super exciting. And then one of the, one of my sons says, yeah, too bad she doesn't do that at home. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and I was just like dying laughing because, you know, it's the whole thing where like your family sees the worst of you, the best of you, all of it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it is certainly, that's certainly a teaching moment for, for our family. But anyways, going back to the Esther Award, super proud of my daughter and uh, just, just, just fun to, to kind of see that for, for our family. Yeah. And I, I don't know which of your boys said that, but just from my perspective, I feel like your daughter is the most well-behaved out of the five of them. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, that's right. I feel like it's probably a well-deserved award. So yeah. Cool. Well, you know, last week was our 50th episode, a milestone that we did not think that we were going to cross. And um, yeah, I mean, I think even a week later, Jalen, I still feel like we, I, I still feel that 
it's a miracle that we made it this far. <laughs> you know, like I know we said this last week that we didn't think we were gonna get past 10 episodes or really only planned for about 10 episodes. Right. And now we're into the fifties. Um, so for me, I feel like this is just something that what, what started as kind of this crazy idea at, at the dinner table, something that we joked about and laughed about and, and God is taking it and using it, you know, for his purposes and his kingdom. And so, so that's exciting. Um, I do want to, you know, I do want to say that er the earliest iterations of this, this podcast definitely were not what it is today. And that's pretty funny. I, I don't know if you want to clue in the listeners about what some of our earliest ideas were like, but yeah, for the, for, for the, for the podcast, we had talked about, Hey, let's, let's do a review of Chinese church lunches because every Chinese church has a church lunch after the worship service. And many times it's just people who are, who are in the kitchen cooking and they're just kind of whipping stuff together. Right. And, uh, you know, sometimes there's, there's some like, honestly, great meals. Right. But there's other times where there are people who are in the kitchen who have no business being in the kitchen. Right. And so <laughs> the thought was, Hey, let's, let's review church lunch for the week and talk about what we did. But, uh, that was one of the ideas we had. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those principles where when people serve, we want to kind of release them into the ministry that God has given them a passion and gifting for. Um, <laughs> and sometimes people really want to serve in certain ministries, but unless the Lord empowers them for that ministry, they, it, it might be better to, you know, just have them serve in a different one. So we, we're seeing that as lovingly as possible, I oh, think. Oh, for sure. But yeah. yeah, like, you know, like you said, some of our earliest, um, ideas for the podcast were like, what kind of like, almost like comedic segments that we want to, to have for this podcast, like reviewing church lunches or kind of laughing about humorous, you know, preaching faux pas or um, funny church slogans, things like that. And I think really early on, we realized that we're not comedians and we're not entertainers, which is probably why we're pastors. And so we, we should probably not go down that route and that would not be constructive or you know, a blessing to, to the church and to the kingdom. So thankfully, you know, the Lord nudged us in a, into this direction. But, you know, in honor of the fact that we made it to the 50 episode mark, um, you know, we thought it would be maybe a little bit entertaining, um, but just interesting for our listeners to kind of listen to what um, the earliest version of this podcast was like. And so, um, you know, Jalen and I, we dug through all the, the hours of recorded, um, you know, audio that we had, and we found what we have dubbed episode zero. So, you know, episode zero was uh, when we, we got the idea for this podcast and we just thought we need to figure out the nuts and bolts of not only how to record something, but like how to even have a guest on and keep a conversation going. And I'll tell you what, we learned a lot from that, that episode zero. <laughs> Um, and for, for many, many good reasons, it has been unreleased until this point. Um, but I think, I think it's time, Jalen, like we hit 50 episodes. And so we can, we can share this and we can look back at the, the episode with our listeners and laugh at it a little bit, how cringy we were back then. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if you want to introduce our guests on this particular, uh, episode zero of the podcast. Yeah, we wanted to ask people who would not be super judgmental. Yeah. 
but at the same time would be honest with us. Yes. And so we asked your brother, Justin, mm-hmm. and we asked our good friend, Ray, and they jumped on and they were very gracious and very helpful. And like you said, uh, I think some cringy as you, as, as we look back and listen back on, on it, some cringy moments, but also exciting to think about how far the Lord has kind of like led us and, and taught us. And I feel like, like I'm still learning how to do this better, right? I want to get better at this. And so mm-hmm. um, it's kind of cool to, to think back and look back at it. Yeah. And I, I want to reiterate or, or make sure the audience knows that the cringiness doesn't come from Justin and Ray. It comes from us. That's and right. so they, they were actually great sports in, in being uh, on, you know, recording an episode with us. And, and also it's, I guess like the, some of the things that we talked about, yeah, there were some more humorous moments, things that we laughed about because I think we did do a, uh, a church lunch question with them. Um, and, and that was probably one of the ways that we realized we should not have a regular church lunch question on this podcast. Yeah. But we did ask them about, you know, as they served in ministry as lay leaders, because that's what the two of them are. They have served for many years in different ministries in the church um, and not formally been on staff, but are a huge part of the ministry that CCUC does, uh, the church that you and I, we both grew up in and, and they're still attending. And yeah. Um, yeah, and so I don't want to minimize their contribution to the kingdom or their contribution to this podcast. So yeah, yeah. listeners, thank you for hanging out with us for this many episodes already. And we just hope that this this episode, episode zero, will give you a, a, a look into the humble beginnings of this podcast and that after hearing this, you will still come back to listen to more episodes and not give up on us. All right. Today we are joined by Justin Mann and Ray Lamb. So excited that you guys have joined us today for our podcast. And uh, both of you guys have been at a Chinese church, Chinese Christian Union Church in Chinatown, both each of you for almost or over 30 years. And so collectively, there's about 60 years of experience in a Chinese church uh, between the two of you. And so that's really exciting. And, and uh, we're grateful that you guys are here with us today. Welcome, guys. We're glad that you're joining us. Thanks for having us. Hey, so before we begin, uh, I thought we would start off with just a, a, a nice, easy lob of a question for you guys. Since you guys have been in the in uh, Chinese church for so long, most churches have church lunch where they provide lunch for the people after service on Sundays. So what is your either favorite or least favorite church lunch of all time? We'll start with Justin. My most favorite church lunch. I mean, so our church every Sunday, we order Chinese food from a local Chinese restaurant. And so uh, I'm not strictly sure about the specifics, but I have a feeling that we never choose what's being served or delivered. And they, the restaurant just picks something for us and they drop it off. And so my favorite one is uh, mapo tofu over rice. And my least favorite one, there's one that has peas and mushrooms and baby carrots and baby corn and stuff like that. But that one I'm not a fan of. But for the most part, most of it is pretty good. Yeah, I, I honestly don't really get our lunch too often. Um, it's there, but um, I rarely get it. So my, my least favorite actually is going to be something different. Uh, this is something that I think we catered in for like a special event or something like that. They're just sandwiches. Not that sandwiches are bad. I don't hate sandwiches, but I mean, I think these, when they're mass produced, they're just kind of like dry and plain. I don't know. So yeah, I mean, those kind of like box catered sandwich 
with like chips and stuff. I mean, I don't know. It just, I just kind of don't care for it. I don't have a favorite. I don't know. I can't think of one right now. <laughs> well, like we said, you guys are at a church that's in Chinatown and that's unique in itself. But maybe if you guys could each describe a little bit what, what your church is like. For John and myself, we both grew up there as well. But from your perspective, describe a little bit about CCUC in Chinatown. Yeah, I mean, it's a predominantly Chinese church. Um, very old, right? I think it is 105 five years old this year um, in October. So it's been around for a long time. It has gone through different generations. Uh, we are part of the English congregation, which is one out of three um, in that main church. Uh, the other two being Cantonese and Mandarin. And I think English-wise, it's a little different than the others because most of us have grown up as either children of parents have gone to the church or just like it through the neighborhood. So most of us are still, um, I don't know, second generation or 1.5, whatever your definition of, of generations are. So, I mean, I think there's uh, this interesting dynamic between, you know, our Chinese background culture um, that our parents had or the older generations have versus uh, most of us who kind of grew up here and have more of a, an American kind of background and uh, that could be a, a good thing or a bad thing. That's kind of how we are. So I think there's just a lot of mixing going on um, of cultures and the way that we have been raised and values and stuff like that. Yeah. So that's, that's my first thought in terms of how to describe CCUC to you. Ray summed it up pretty well. Um, we have the three congregations and then within each congregation, um, our Cantonese congregation is the largest and they're made up, I think majority of like with older Chinese adults who came from overseas and moved or immigrated into Chicago. Um, but a lot of them have children that ended up being in the English congregation. But our English congregation also has been, since it's been around for a while, we also have older Chinese people who only speak English too as well. And so we have some, even like grandparents who were born in the U.S. Um, that are a part of our English congregation as well. So both of you guys serve in uh, different ministries at the church, and they're actually relatively different as far as I understand. So what, uh, what area of ministry do you guys serve in at your church? And how did you guys, I guess, get called to serve in that ministry? So I am currently the head counselor for our college fellowship, which is called Ambassadors uh, Fellowship. So pretty much anyone college age, regardless if you're actually in college or not, anyone around the ages from 18 to about 22, 23, um, are part of this fellowship, and uh, I've been serving it for eight years. And I think for me, I started, or I wanted to get involved with college ministry um, because for me, when I was in college, it was a very um, spiritually formative time in my life. And I feel like I really came to understand what my own faith meant to me and what it meant to to walk with God. And so I wanted to be a part of that when I came home um, and wanted to serve at CCUC. Um, yeah, mine's uh, a little bit different. Um, so I have several different smaller roles that I have right now, one being trustee for the English congregation. And I guess within the trustee responsibility, I'm also the secretary of the church. I'm also uh, a, a, a small group leader uh, for our adult fellowship, uh, our 30 to 50 year old fellowship. And I'm also a part of the worship team, but not on stage or through an instrument. I do kind of coordinating uh, with the worship ministry and making sure that kind of runs uh, smoothly on Sundays. And so those are the kind of the three um, different areas that I've, I've been involved in. And in terms of calling, that's kind of a kind of a, a loaded question in, in a sense, right? I don't know if I've, I've felt like uh, or heard like an audible calling for each of these ministries. A lot of times it's, it's kind of this 
mix of opportunity and need and just kind of desire to see our church grow in different ways. And so um, things kind of like being a trustee, I was probably more hesitant than some of the other roles, uh, mainly because that's such a, a role that I feel like is not necessarily I'm suited for, uh, but it definitely is, is needed uh, within the church setting. So uh, that was something more so pointing to a need um, versus maybe even leading small group, which I, I think um, maybe I'm a little bit more gifted in. And I, I feel like that was in a sense that kind of like Justin after, after college, um, I was kind of debating where does God want me to be? And I felt more of a conviction to see my peers grow. And I think that, that was kind of where I felt I was most called, called towards. And so I, gravitated towards the fellowships that I was currently in and trying to taking leadership roles and to kind of help, um, again, facilitate growth and direction, hopefully within, uh, again, uh, my peers. And so that's kind of the direction I took there. And then worship team was kind of a weird one. Um, it was something that I did uh, slides for, for a long time since high school. Yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And so I'm not a very musical person. I don't have a good like ear for that. And I'm not even really into music that much, but um, I do like serving there. You know, it's it's a part of the the ministry that I feel like I can contribute to and and hopefully bless people by. Yeah, I want to go back to something that you guys were saying about the sort of the makeup of your church. And I think a lot of Chinese churches set up this way. There are multiple congregations, at least two. At CCC, there are three. There's English congregation, a Cantonese congregation, and a Mandarin congregation. How do you feel like those congregations work together? Is there a lot of unity there? What are some challenges that you see? Because I think for a lot of people who are in Chinese churches, that's sort of familiar, but for people who are maybe not as familiar with Chinese church, how does that work together? Your three different languages, um, your one church, how does that kind of work at CCUC? Currently and practically, each congregation more or less functions autonomously. I think it, it's difficult when if majority of your congregation, like major comfort language is different and they can't understand each other, it's hard to have like uh, things that are more combined. And so I know like, or like so the, each congregation will have their service in their own language and that they also have their own fellowships and um, their own uh, youth groups as well. There, there are some efforts to do certain events together throughout the year, but I think for a lot of people, they can be a little bit uncomfortable. The services tend to be longer because there's translation for like messages or for worship and things like that but I think something that has come up or come to light at least in the last couple years I I mean I think in our history there has been a lot of like conflict that has come out of the differences in perspective in the different congregations Um, but I feel like at least for me from my perspective that there's been more of a, a desire and a push to try to see each congregation as one church altogether performing different roles but ultimately together and so I know that there has been there has felt to me to be more I guess camaraderie or um, togetherness um, especially I think was uh, recently in light of some of the things that were happening around this country there were some um, protests that were happening in Chicago and the day after the protests there was some you know neighborhood damage and some um, some people from our church organized certain some teams to go out and help clean and just kind of reach out to the neighborhood, not just the Chinatown neighborhood, but the surrounding neighborhoods as well. Um, and the people that came out to that were from all three congregations. Um, and there were people helping out from different congregations and working together. And so um, that was really cool to see that even though we kind of care and serve different groups of people, that we all care about our church and our neighborhood. I feel like, well, obviously what Justin said is is true. And um, I just feel like there's so many layers to 
to just how our church runs. Again, not just because there are three different congregations, but the makeup of each congregation is very different. Again, on the, on the English side, we run a bit younger, a lot more people around our age, or um, even a lot of the, the, the mass of our congregation is probably in the youth. That's like one demographic where even on the Cantonese side, it might be um, a bit more older. So it's not only that cultural divide between being Cantonese speaking and English speaking, but also just the fact that, again, you're, you're crossing that generation barrier. But at the same time, I, mean, I know that when I was growing up in the church, a lot of the, of the people I would say on the Cantonese that I knew about were you know, my friend's parents. And so um, that was a whole different dynamic because it's not like they weren't strangers either, right? It was, it was like a lot of families, um, a lot of people that uh, you interacted in with in different ways. But, uh, you know, um, kind of like Justin said, there's, there's, it's just like, they're so different in some ways. And we'd run very uh, autonomously. I wouldn't say there's, there's a lot of friction between the different uh, congregations most of the time. Um, it's just kind of like we do our own thing. And that's just kind of how, how uh, it, it's easier or more effective that way um, to, to run ministry that way sometimes. We do try to, join and and do some things together like justin said but it is it is more of a challenge um and sometimes when it comes to just like big decisions there could be some disagreements there too but i mean overall i don't know if i've seen any like big uh disagreements or any kind of like huge ramifications of of being through different congregations i would just say we're not as unified as um i think people sometimes we'd like to see in an ideal world. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I would describe it. There's a lot of differences, um, but I think we kind of mainly stick to our own uh, our own lanes and works that way for better or for worse. How have you guys as a church handled when there has been disagreements? Between congregations? Yeah, when like one congregation feels one way and maybe another one feels differently. Like how, how do you guys usually go about navigating that tension? I really can't think of a whole lot that I would consider congregation um, versus congregation. I mean, I don't really want to use that term versus, but I mean, like in that dynamic, I don't think I've seen it with those two like separate groups like that. Um, I've seen maybe disagreements between people that are, you know, like maybe predominantly on one side versus the other, but I mean, that, that may sound confusing, but I wouldn't consider it like, this is how the English, English feels and this is how, you know, one of the other congregation feels. It's just more like this group versus that group, but they just happen to be, you know, predominantly in one congregation or the other. I don't know, Justin, can you think of something? I, I don't have any. I, agree. I guess what he's trying to say is like, like, well, it's not so monolithic where it's, there are certain issues that all the English will back on one side and then all the, the other ministries will back on the other side or something like that. There have been, yeah, at least like maybe like small groups within certain congregations that might have um, a conflict with other groups within other congregations and over various issues. But I think most of those, I guess most Asian people, I feel like most of those are kind of just buried and like, unless the conflict needs to be resolved immediately for most people, it's kind of just pushed down and like, let it pass and then kind of keep keep moving regardless. Um, so you're saying it's 
similar to a lot of other churches or most other churches regardless yeah. of than that right yeah yeah maybe just most yeah. asians <laughs> yeah well so what do, what do you feel like um being in a chinese church are there specific challenges that you see that are unique to the chinese church and if not uh unique to the chinese church as a whole but maybe to your specific area of ministry maybe unique to that like the college group or the worship ministry my closest friends that I've spoken to about church generally attend either Chinese churches, Korean churches, or Caucasian churches. Um, and so those are the, the systems that I guess I'm most familiar with. Um, and so one of like the things that I have noticed is, um, so I work with the college students um, who are, even though I guess legally adults, um, majority of them, like they still live with their parents. They're still, none of them like work. And so, I mean, they're essentially still more or less, they're very large kids, I guess. Um, but they, they, they live at home. And so um, there, there's always, at our church, there's always been a large tension between people who come from unbelieving families who find church to be, whose families find church to be either a distraction or a waste of time. Um, so there's always that tension at home about whether and how much they should be attending church and how much they should be balancing time with their families um, and always feeling pulled in both directions. And you bring that to church and that tension kind of spill out and spill over where versus at least from the people who have talked to have shared, I feel like it seems like for a lot majority of like Caucasian churches or Caucasian families, um, their children are a lot more free to do what they want or live the way they want. And so there's less of that tension at home. And then I think from most of the, my friends who go to Korean churches um, from their experiences, it seems like for most of them, most of them don't come or like their families are at least nominally Christian or at least understand what church is or what, means to attend and so they like, as a whole don't seem to experience that tension as much either and so that's something that at least for our church that has come up a lot um, with the students of trying to determine like what is the proper amount of church that should be going to and how do we explain to our unbelieving parents um, that this is important we want to do this but also try to honor them and love them by being home and caring for them as well yeah that's kind of that's an interesting question um i don't know if i have the best perspective on what makes it challenging because we're a Chinese church. Um, I think obviously we talked about the different language um, and kind of cultural divides that we have, which I would say probably play a big part. You you mentioned conflict. Uh, I think that's one of the, yes, interesting ways that when we're a Chinese church that likes to avoid conflict or likes to um, save face a lot of times, um, I think that causes a certain amount of challenges in terms of how to really um yeah i mean there's, there's just various problems in terms of uh how how to best honor god in i think in our uh, decisions and actions especially if sometimes if it makes people look bad i think that might kind of affect the way that yeah how how people react and and really uh, I guess display the gospel, especially when it comes to things like forgiveness and reconciliation. I feel like sometimes those things can be lacking. Uh, other than that, I feel like another thing that I'm, I'm not really sure if I've had time to really process, but uh, we heard, or at least I heard a really interesting sermon about, or this is more of a workshop actually, it wasn't really a sermon, about how because we're, we're Chinese, we've been instilled with this idea of wanting the best 
and so we've we've always looked for the best even in terms of church like uh, the best worship or the best pastor as like speaking speakers um, or the best you know xyz and because of that um, sometimes we treat church in that way where it's a very kind of hey what is it what is it doing for me and um, what am i getting out of it and if it's not the best or it's not helping me the most then um, it's very easy to kind of look elsewhere and and kind of be transient in that way um, so i think that one again i haven't really um, examined too much but it i think i can see how that mentality could affect the way that we um, view church and, and because of that um, how we not just choose where to attend but also how to serve how much to serve and there's even the opposite of that too where people are serving too much sometimes because of of the need for actually i don't know fulfillment maybe or um just desire to 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 look like they're they're important or doing something important or things doing what they what they know they should be doing so yeah maybe those are some some things that i can think of well jalen and i i think we both really appreciate um both of your just your longevity in serving your faithfulness in the ministries that god has kind of put you in. Just to wrap up with one last question, what would be one piece of advice or encouragement that you would give somebody that's serving in a Chinese American or Asian American context? I, I feel like I'm trying to avoid being cliche or saying something that's just, you know, the typical Sunday school answer. I don't know if I can. I think realizing after all these years and just looking at my own struggles and evaluating my own like spiritual walk, a lot of times I think when I struggle the most is when I take my eyes off of Jesus the most. I think that's kind of like as I was sharing earlier, I think sometimes I can get into a mode of, of routine and, and doing and, and just serving and not necessarily, not really taking the time to really build that relationship with Christ and not really reflect on uh, the gospel and what that means for me. Because um, even like thinking about, uh, Easter, right? And I, I, I think Easter is such an important holiday for uh, for Christians. And sometimes because we have to run these Easter services and make sure like everything's going uh, well and everything's ready, sometimes I just feel like I, I don't have the time or I just uh, don't spend the time to really uh, reflect and to, to, to kind of marinate myself in the gospel that, you know, we're celebrating. It's just more like, okay, I have this service to kind of get done. And then, um, and then kind of missing that um, uh, the growth part of that. And so I think sometimes when we lose sight of it, we either can get burnt out really easily um, or we can, things become um, less meaningful. But I think if we properly, uh, again, are, are focused on Christ and like actually pursuing him, I think that's when things become easier and things become more rewarding and uh, we don't see uh, serving or going to church or something sometimes has as a burden, and I think um, it, it's easier said than done uh, many times, especially when you're going through dry seasons or troubles. But I, I think if we can do that perfectly, I think our relationship with God would definitely be flourishing a lot more. Well, as really stole my answer, uh, I will give my second best piece of advice. Um, I think, especially with regards to conflict within um, serving in church, um, and I think especially true when you're 
the conflict involves ministries that you don't really have a part, are, are, are not really a part of. Um, it's not losing sight of the fact that we all serve the same God and are serving toward the same goal. I think it's easy to see, it's easy to develop a, a us first them mentality and to see if, if things don't go the way you expect or the things that you're not able to accomplish the things that you want to because of another congregation or another fellowship or another group see it as like a win for them and a loss for you but rather to see like other ministries whenever the, like their success is your success and, and vice versa and to celebrate their success and to um, share it and that with them it's a lot easier to to find compromise and to find um, a shared joy within what each congregation each fellowship is doing well again guys thanks so much for your insight and for uh, your encouragement uh, we definitely I have appreciated what you've you've shared, and I think there's just a lot of great things that uh, we can take away. And I'm grateful that this is you know our, our first recording for us. Um, I appreciate that you guys were able to be honest and and also you know share from your ex- own experience. I think that's I think what I'm excited about for our podcast is that we'll we'll be able to talk to Chinese church leaders and pastors who might have similar experiences, but there's also a lot of unique uh, work that God is doing and unique stories that uh, God is writing. And so thank you for serving. Thank you for uh, the, the work that you guys are doing at CCC. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.